Welcome to the Take A Seat Podcast. This podcast brings awareness to disability sports and supports. We are talking to experts and athletes with a disability from around the world. Before we get stuck into this episode, we want to say a massive thank you to our sponsor, the Suncoast Spinners. The Suncoast Spinners are a social wheelchair-based sporting club. They operate multiple programs for people of all ages and abilities in basketball, rugby and more. Follow Suncoast Spinners on Facebook, Instagram and find out more about them at suncoastspinners.com.au. Welcome to episode three, James. It's come so quick. The episode one and two went went by. Uh, it's gone out. Look, I do want to say actually before we get going on this one, a massive shout out to everyone that's that's given us reviews. It's one of those things that you don't really want to throw out there, but please do it if you do find the time to write a view, if you do enjoy it. But yeah, the third episode. So I got MC Wheels on here today, and he's been diagnosed with spinal muscular atrophy type one or SMARD one, respiratory muscle atrophy from the alpha motor neurons. It's a homozygous autosomal recessive gene deletion of the exon 7 on the fifth chromosome. It has a life expectancy of 18 months or less, and less than 10% of people live past 18 months. Nathan is now 28. He has performed at the Red Deer Festival, Sprung Festival, with Blessinesso at River Stage, which is a highlight of his career. He's also got three albums and an EP. He's also a part of the Southeast Queensland Powered Football, uh, which, as Nathan says, is Powered Soccer. Um, we are Aussie, <laughs> so we definitely say Power Soccer, but Power Football, which is around the world. Yeah, it's a big sport around the world. Yeah, I've, I've been a part of it now since like 2016, I think it was, my first year that I started. And it's been, um, yeah, it's been such a blast of a of a ride. So especially like now that everyone's driving around in strike force chairs, which are like these like little like Formula One go-kart things that people drive around and they able to just hit the ball with like way more power. Like the power that these things can hit the ball, man, is insane. Like you can get loft and the ball's got is like an extra size or extra two sizes of a soccer ball. Yeah. So when you get hit by one of these things, it's like... It's damage. 13 inches, I think the ball size is. It's Don't, huge, yeah. Yeah, I, 33 millimetres or something. Uh, yeah. I've seen people try and kick the ball like normally and it's like they kick concrete. Like it's <laughs> it's that thick. Yeah. It's, yeah, I was, yeah. Uh, I was lucky enough to actually have a, have a chance to play power chair soccer football. There was a, a program that the Suncoast Spinners collaborated with this school in Brisbane. I can't quite remember, but Tristram took the chairs in and a couple other boys, they came down and, and they did a bit of a demo and then they jumped out of the chairs, let a few of the boys jump in and I was lucky enough that Tristram was like, oh, mate, you can't, you're getting in, you, you play basketball, you play rugby, you, you jump in and you give them soccer a crack. And it was so much fun. Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of went in with a bit of, bit of, probably a bit of false ego as to, oh, you know, play basketball, play rugby, but it was like, no, this this is di- this is different. Yeah. This, is, this, is a, this is a good fun sport, but oh, it took me a good 15 minutes. It's not easy to be able to get the opportunity to play power football either. No. Um, it's it's very specific because you need specific pieces of equipment. And as you said, like it's... Especially now. Uh, when I first started, it wasn't like that I'm at the stage because strike force chairs were hard to get because NDIS wasn't a thing in Queensland at that stage and they only were coming like from America and all that sort of stuff. So they cost like... What, 30 grand? Yeah, something like that. Mine was like $17,000, I think, because we didn't have like tilt and all that sort of stuff added to it. So, And like I think you can get like maybe seat elevation if you wanted it or something like that. And maybe. Is that 
Am I correct? Is it? It's it's not a an addition onto your electronic chair. It's it's a completely different. It's a whole chair. Yeah, it's a whole plus chair. the frame that then yeah. that is then built around it. Yeah, is essentially creating a, a, a like a like a massive boot as like the chair is pretty is, much is the boot. That yeah, you I don't know how far it comes out, but it comes out like a fair distance, like past your legs, and that's made to be able to either push the ball forward or if you want to do a, a spin kick, as they call it. Yeah, you spin and you hit it on on the side to be able to propel the ball even much faster and more accurate, I guess you'd say, like sort of thing. And yeah, but when I first started, we were just using our normal day chairs and you just strap a a guard to it basically (laughs) in some way. So like you just bolt it there. I saw a dude playing it with like freaking noodles taped to (laughs) to the front of his chair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't allowed to go out with my taped guard and all that sort of stuff and, like, play out in the field. I had to play goalie. But then one of the other coaches was like, yeah, no, let the noodle guy go out there and play. And I was like, <laughs> I was like all right, okay. But, yeah, it's been great. And But also, like, it's a great sport in the sense that, like, they don't discriminate, like, any gender is welcome, you know, any age is welcome. It's, they just want people to participate in it, you know. It's just like if you want to play a sport, you want to have some fun, make some friends and all that sort of stuff, maybe go up a few what do you say, like ranks in the sense of like Queensland rep sort of stuff, club championships, even Australia and all that sort of stuff, like have that opportunity, come on in and play. The more people that they can get, the the better, basically. They, they just want it to grow. They want to bring it into the Olympics or the Paralympics and they've stuff. They've been trying four, four mm. separate Olympics. They've tried to get yeah. it in as an Olympic sport and it's been knocked back. Even uh, Paris 2024, it's been knocked yeah. back. Which I find so bizarre because they've even got their own World Cup. Yes. Like there's a, there's a like, <laughs> yeah. if, a, if a sport has its own World Cup, why can't it go into an Olympic sport? There's enough, there's enough countries that can be a part of it. The yeah. rules, the rules were actually designed. Uh, so France started it and the rules were designed so that every country had their own separate rules and then they brought them together mm. and made a international powered football organization that then had a World Cup and it's been designed and collaborate, uh, collaborated from multiple countries. Yeah, so right. it's okay. not just one country that's created it and then everyone's... They actually... France created their version and America created their version and didn't know that each other had a version. Yeah, right. And they okay. brought them together and all the other countries had actual different rules and they went, well, hang on, we need to unify the rules. Yeah, got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah um, right. You may be able to give a bit more insight and context to the rules that are in power football. Well, yeah, the the rules that we play anyway. So we play, you know, I don't know what it's like over there. <laughs> so, but the rules that we play by it, um, so we have obviously four people on the field, one goalie and then three people out on the field like controlling the ball and defending and all that sort of stuff. We play a rule that's one person each to the ball. So if me and Cameron are on a team going against James, I can't go up against you guys if you two are battling for the ball. It's the, called a two-on-one. Two-on-one rule, yeah. So then it'll be a penalty for you because two of us are coming up towards you, that basically. so much sense now. It's yeah. like the offside rule of able soccer, my understanding. Right? I think so, yeah. I've never – yeah, I think so, yeah. Basically, yeah, yeah. so it allows basically space so you don't just, like, smother one person and yeah. the ball can move freely and allow, like, a chance for potentially, like, a breakaway if it ricochets off someone and all that sort of stuff. So – yeah, so they call it a two-on-one. So you roughly got to be about like three metres apart from each other. Mm-hmm. And so you've got to be constantly all the time like going, it's my ball, it's my ball, and like communicating with your team to allow everyone to know where you are. I, we And on our team, we play with a guy, Jeffrey. Shout out to Jeffrey. He plays um, with his chin. He drives the actual chair with his chin and all that sort of stuff. And the stuff that he can do is amazing. Like 
his defensive instincts are just incredible. But like he has a microphone because he can't really like uh, speak so loud. So we've got to kind of put our ears out to be able to hear him as well as yell at him. And because he can't move his neck, we've got to tell him like, oh, no, the ball's behind you. It's on your right. It's on your left. Or like move up, Jeff, you know, and all that sort of stuff. So so there's that rule. At the moment now, they're, they're really heavy on like collisions and all that sort of stuff and contact. So in the minus contact, it's like a penalty. Like, yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. really tough because you're battling for the ball. And even if your guards just bump each other, like, yeah, nuts penalty. They got to, and then they'll go like, oh, no, you're the one who caused it. So battling someone is really tough. You've got to have really good control and chair. And I don't have that great control. So like battling for me is a bit of an issue. So I try and play like as a, I guess, back sort of defender sort of thing. And mm-hmm. our man Jack is our front our front guy and um, so I sort of sweep in behind him to try and like protect if anything comes behind and also play like upfield on the wing. And then there's this whole box situation that took me like, I don't know, it's like uh, six years to figure out. Like it's so tough because it's like they've got like designated goalkeeper that can enter the box but then the goalie has to exit outside of the goals to allow the designated keeper in the like goals. You're only allowed three people yeah. from your team within three or six meters yeah. of the goal. Yeah. I can't quite remember. I did read the rules. And then, like, if you're defending, you can't go into your own box. So you have to stand outside the box while the goalie and the designated keeper are the only ones that can go in there to defend for your goal. But say in attack, you can go in there as much as you want, but you're the only attacker that can go in. If another of your teammates goes in while you're in there, then it's a penalty for them, the opposition, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I follow. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, wow. it just gets too crowded. Yeah, like because if every if they just said, look, it's the main thing, don't take each other out, get the ball on the goal. If they just said that, it's like you'd have everyone just swarming like seagulls to a chip. Like it'd just be all <laughs> nuts. So like it just the it just wouldn't Aussie work. analogy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, it just it just sort of wouldn't work. When you were growing up, you wanted to play sport. Yes. And felt that you couldn't play sport because you had a disability and you couldn't yep. be involved. So now that you are playing power football, you've said that your music, you felt like you're part of a team and a group and you felt welcome. Yes. Um, now with the power football, do, do you feel like you've gained that sporting that you've always wanted? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think it's like one of the best, one of the best sports. Like even if I had if I was a lot more stronger upper body, you know, strength, I would have done like wheelchair basketball, you know, and all that sort of stuff. Even wheelchair rugby, I totally would have done that. Like, you know, just smash people in those chairs just would have been awesome. So to be able to be able to do this sport has just been a blessing. Like to be able to just be a part of a team and play. And it's like when you sometimes when you look from look at it from the sideline, it may not look very fast and intense and all that sort of stuff. When you're out on the field like, and you're actually playing, it feels so quick. It, it really feels like you're going a lot more faster than what you actually are. Things are just flying. You've got to make decisions on the, on the run. So it it does feel like you, you're playing like like able, able soccer and all that sort of stuff to me anyway. And I think everyone else is the same. Like when I speak to like people that are around, they always talk like they're either mad rugby league fans or they're mad soccer fans. So it's like they're all really – just so appreciated that they can actually just be a part of this sport and get that chance to be able to play the sport that maybe they're not they've always wanted to, but to be a part of a sport, which is something that they've always wanted to be a part of. Have you ever um, heard of Push and Power Wheelchair Rugby League? Oh, uh, no, I don't think so. I'm I'm not super familiar with it, but I know that they operate it in Sydney. 
it's a modified game of, of rugby league, essentially. Is this the one they got like the invisible ball or something like that? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So they use a, a high bounce ball initially. They get that as a designated player who will throw the ball and that sort of dictates where it starts, whoever it right. hits. And then from that point on, it's it's an invisible ball and it's a, you're passing verbally. Yeah. And so from your numbers, if 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 I'm one, Cam's two, and Nathan, yourself, you're three. Yes. And if I call out three and Cam calls catch or yes. court, it would be a knock-on or a penalty or a turnover, whatever, whatever right. scenario it is. But that's a combination of, of power chairs and manual chairs. So push push and power is what it's called. Right. Have you, you've, so you never... I, 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 I didn't know what it was when you said that, but I know the spot you're talking about because I just got told about it like like last year and they were explaining to me and it was the most bizarre thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> I was like, so it's an invisible ball and you call out the number of the person you pass it to doesn't that just create an intercept opportunity? It's like, oh, it's going to force. Wait, I'll just go over there and take that, like, um, or whatever. And then I, I was getting too technical. I was like, well, how do you do, like, second man plays and, like, runarounds and all this sort of stuff? And, like, yeah, you don't, like, do that sort of sort of things. Like, how do you do, like, grubbers and, like, chip and chases and <laughs> stuff? And I was like, if you're way over this sideline and you're one, can you call out to, like, 13 on the other side of the field and just throw this big... So like, um, but it, it sounded interesting and I was saying to John, our coach of our team, I was like, I'd love to give it a crack. Like if there's anyone that's in our league that knows how to play, I'd love, I'd love to try it. You know, like I just think it'd be, yeah, a lot of fun, but I've never seen it played live. Yeah. There's one thing that I've have listened to with you doing an interview previously, the stereotype of you wheeling out onto a stage and you're not quite sure how people are going to receive you. Now being an MC and now rapping and being highly popular, you've now taken that where in episode two, we talked to Rob and he hears people snickering in the background and hears people judging him and, and you've grown up with that. Yeah. But you've now turned it to a positive because when you get out on stage, you're like, they know who I am. Yeah. It doesn't matter if I'm in a wheelchair, the feeling that you're going to get, it's just me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, th- I think like the difference between me and Dan is like, Obviously, he wasn't born with, like, his, his condition and all that sort of stuff. So me being born with it, I had to learn to be quite aware of other kids staring at me. Also, just adults staring at me and all that sort of stuff, like staring, obviously, towards, like, my mum or my dad or whatever, like, who was helping me with whatever it was that we were doing at the time. So, like, I was quite aware of just anyone staring at me even at the ages of like seven and eight years old you know and that sort of stuff so and you probably have heard of this person but he also he he, um, he's my cousin um you ever heard of a guy named dean clifford um yeah so he's my cousin he he suffers from a condition called eb and all that sort of stuff and and he had to go through the same thing with like a bad skin disease and all that sort of stuff as like at a really really young age so so yeah so we both know like you know what that's obviously like to be like stared at and all that sort of stuff but it got to a stage where like I just sort of said to myself, I was like, I can either just accept like who I am and my condition and make the best of it and take what I've got and really show people like, oh, no, nah, shit, he's actually like doing something with his life and and really trying to go forward. Or I can just piss and moan and bitch about it and just make everyone go, oh, I don't really want to be around that person. He keeps whinging, complaining and bitching about this thing and he's not like doing something about it to really show people like, wow, fuck, he's, he's taken it like in his stride. So I wanted to go the other option and, and do that. So any sort of opportunity that was coming my way, I, I just wanted to do. So it probably isn't in my bio and all that sort of stuff, but I did do two special needs triathlons in Noosa. Wow. Um, yeah, in 2008 and 
I think it was, or 2009 and 10. Yeah, so I did that. And and then when the whole music scene came along, I was like, yeah, I want to give that a crack. But obviously going up on stage, it's it's nerve-wracking because obviously if someone in a wheelchair maybe gets up to go and do something, some, not everyone, but some people might look at it as like, oh, okay, they're going to get the guy in a wheelchair to come up and do something, you know, and whatever. So then when I do show what I can do, I do see people go, oh, shit, oh, okay, yeah, right. It's, he, he knows what he's doing, you know. So um, I've had people, like, know that I was playing at a gig. They've recognised me and all that sort of stuff and said nothing, did the show. They've come flying up to me afterwards. Like, that was, like, so wicked. But before that, did nothing, like, before. Not that maybe they were judging me or whatever, but I just sort of took notice of it and, and whatever. But it's, yeah, it's something that I, I definitely want to try and break the stereo is that, even if I am in a wheelchair, I'm just I'm just like you in any in any sort of fashion. I'm just sitting down. That's that's basically it. But yeah, you know, and 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 it goes for anyone. Like no matter what your condition is, it can be like the most minor thing. You might just have like a, a limb gone or something like that or whatever. But that doesn't define you, like as to what you are. Like what you do defines you. Quoting Batman. Um, <laughs> yeah. So that's what I wanted to show. Like I I wanted to go into the the hip hop world. I wanted to show people that, like, I can write songs, I can rap and all that sort of stuff. And and then once I started to meet people that were more in the underground scene of the hip-hop community, it was people like, oh, man, like, you actually do, like, quite sick. Thought that was actually really wicked and, and all that sort of stuff. And you build up a fan base and then, you know, and then people, like, actually saying, like, oh, shit, you're actually, like, quite good. And then I meet many other people in wheelchairs that are doing the exact same thing. They're in they're in wheelchairs. They're rapping away. They're making songs, albums, and all that sort of stuff. So it's it's really good. It's nerve-wracking at the start. If you can just show something, it may not be, like, full-on, like, skill, like Eminem or something like that. But if you can show passion, if you can show, like, drive and determination and passion with your music, that's enough to just capture someone and be like, Oh shit! Like he's he's got something there. May not have the wordplay as this artist, but he's got passion enough to make me go fuck. I want to listen to that song again. And so, if you can do that with your music, doesn't matter what your condition is, basically. And that's just what I wanted to show. Yeah, I'm gonna throw in the spot here. Right here, do rap on this. Yeah. What, like a freestyle rap? Yeah, I was, I was, freestyle. I was like this, David. I was like, yeah. is, is it going to happen? Is, is it going to be a freestyle? Or well, f- freestyle, I haven't done like any kind of freestyling for ages and used to do like these cypher nights and yeah, that was like my like pre-season warm-ups and all that sort of stuff. But um, I could do like a verse and all that sort of stuff that I know I'm a lot more confident at for yeah, sure because yeah, yeah, yeah. I could probably get like two bars into a freestyle and then it'll get like real bad. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> I had a new song just drop the other day called Unbelievable with, um, well, it's not my song. It's another guy's song called Megalodon that I feature on. Um, but it's definitely uh, one of my favorite verses that I've written. So it goes, I've had my fair share of brutal battles in the trenches. Now it's time to rise up and go on the offensive. Tighten up like wrenches. All my defenses ultimately show I'm the king of my dimension. Chilling in my throne, I got evil intentions. So watch my grand scheme as it rolls out and ventures. Hear the thunder as it rumbles. So watch me make all this lightning plummet. You can never run from it. You know who done it. A phenomenal comical juggernaut. Unstoppable Goliath style being. And I'm proud. I'm responsible for the impact of cause. Dissipated with ripples like a meteorite force. 
fell into an abyss that seemed to be bottomless, grabbed on an edge now and climbing out on top of this to conquer this and charging in a battle like a fucker rhinoceros. I went from being anonymous to covering kilometers, even if the challenge seems to be monstrous. I guarantee I'll go face to face on top of this wall in front of me with my newfound confidence, discovered a fossil like a paleontologist that was lost inside of me, but now it's back with dominance and it promises. No more affecting by this nonsense. I can make this world say, man, that ain't feasible with what I can do, bro. Yeah, I'm unbelievable. That's unreal. Yeah. For a man that's meant to have a respiratory condition to throw yeah, that out. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's what I wanted to show people that it's like I I can do it, you know, like, you know, and if I put my mind to it, I can I can write something that's actually quite well written. It's got passion to it, got a bit of wordplay and all that sort of stuff. And if I can just do it all all in time, then yeah, it shows that I'm just like anyone else. There was Fly, fly away. If yeah. anyone, if anyone's, uh, if they're not driving, if they're listening to this sitting here, by all means, take take two and a half minutes, three minutes to just to just search up on Spotify or YouTube, "Fly Away" by MC Wheels, um, featuring Mitch Mester Wallace. Yes, that that song shows the passion. That, yeah, that is. That's one that's been read out of Parliament, and it is yeah. just, man, that's unreal. Yeah. I um, yeah, that one when I was writing my album, a friend of mine said, have you ever written a song about the perspective of you like being in a wheelchair, basically like how you felt? And I said, I haven't like a lot of the, a lot of the stuff that I was writing back then wasn't really on the line. It kind of skimmed the surface, but didn't really go into it. And yeah. And then basically I, I just started writing that and it just poured out and I wrote that in like three days, like my three verses I wrote. And then the guy who produced the beat, Mitch was one of his friends, so he's like, oh, man, I'll get him on this song, and he did the chorus and all that sort of stuff. And it's come up to be like, yeah, one of the best ones that I've ever, yeah, that I've ever written. So, yeah, so that one was just all raw emotions. Everything that's in it was 100% real, and, yeah, and I just wanted to put it out on paper. But, like, for me, that was also like a one-off song. Like, I'd, I don't really like to also write the same thing again, so I didn't want to write another song of, like, you know, on me in a wheelchair again and all that sort of stuff. But if I did... I'd want to flip it again, like on a different kind of perspective. Like on my new album, there's a song called Demon Inside and it's me and my inner demon having a conversation with each other, basically going back and forth and him trying to put like negative and self-doubt thoughts and like all this bad sort of vibe into my mind and I'm fighting against it sort of thing but not knowing how long I can sort of do it. And it gets pretty dark. It's it's quite a dark song. Um, there's a few dark ones on my, on my new record and that sort of stuff for sure. But yeah, that one... It sort of plays on a little bit, but it's it's just written in a different way, mm. which is yeah, something I like to do. Yeah. So you were born with spinomuscular atrophy type 1, which mm-hmm. is SMUD. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is a respiratory and muscle atrophy from the alpha motor neurons. The life expectancy of someone with that is 18 months. You've obviously surpassed that. And it's a recessive gene, which means that mum and dad both have to have it. They don't have the traits of it, but they have it it means that the parents both have to have the same deletion at the same point within the fifth chromosome. And it means that the seventh part within that is actually deleted. Yeah, so it's pretty pretty, pretty rare to, to be in, in Nathan's situation whereby he said 18 months is life expectancy and you're now 28. Yeah. So like yeah. just a couple of years older. Just blown out yeah. of the park, mate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's incredible. Like, I mean... I didn't even know that 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 was my condition till I was 20 years old. They they put me in a whole different other category of um yeah giant giant axonal neuropathy. So 
And at that stage, obviously, being a young kid, you just don't really give a shit about it at all. So they were just telling me all this sort of stuff. I'm like, oh, yeah, whatever. Like, I don't care. And all that sort of stuff. I was just being me. So it was more my mum and all that, you know, family members all like taking all that information in basically and like, oh, fire out what's going to happen and worrying. It wasn't until I got like mid sort of teenager, I was sort of like, oh, okay, this is actually like what it is. I got to like figure out what I'm going to actually sort of do with my, own, with my own sort of life and all that sort of stuff. So, but yeah, it wasn't until I was 20 years old that they act, that they were like, oh, actually, we've got your actual gene or your actual condition now from the gene that they I managed to discover or something like that in me. And then, yeah, that was the spinal muscular atrophy and all that sort of stuff. So it was quite nice to know what my actual condition was. Mm -hmm. And then so I didn't have to keep lying to people all the time. So, Do you mind um, just sort of explaining, like for a bit of context for everyone that's listening, uh, for, for us, so you, you've come in in an electric-powered uh, chair and you've transferred onto, onto the couch sitting, sitting with us now. At home life, is it is it mainly in the electric chair or you, you get around? Home life is probably something a little bit different than you've ever heard of uh, a, a person with my condition. I am probably the only time in my electric chair when I'm out in the community. Other than that, I'm always out of the chair and I get around on a skateboard. Kind of like how um, surf live savers do when they're out on the um, on those big boards, but they're on their knees and they use both their arms on each side of the board. So that's how I managed to propel myself on my skateboard and all that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. So I'm just quite mobile on the floor. I can still like quite crawl around at the moment. So obviously me with me being a little bit more taller than when I was younger, it was a lot easier for me to get around, but I can still get around at the moment quite well. Yeah, that's how I get around. And I live independently at the moment. So yeah. I moved out of home in like 2018 and lived out on my own ever since so far. So, and that first year I lived there by myself, taking care of myself without NDOS funding in that first year because it wasn't around. So I had like about eight hours of support with carers over the space of like a week. Uh, in, in contrast to what, what now? Uh, like about maybe 40 something. So oh, wow. I, I was basically there by myself for about a whole year having to try and like take care of myself until that came in. Obviously, if I didn't like it, I could have just said, all right, that's it. I'm out and just cut ties and go back and live with mum. But I was I was pretty determined to go on with it and, and actually wait until the NDIS came in. And it's been like one of the best things that's ever happened. The Take a Seat podcast is in your ears thanks to the Suncoast Spinners. The Suncoast Spinners are a wheelchair-based sporting club. They run social inclusion programs, including but not limited to basketball and rugby. If you want to get involved with the Suncoast Spinners programs, you can just rock up at Mergen, Morrowfield and Sippy Downs on Wednesdays, Fridays and Saturdays or contact them on Instagram, Facebook or their website www.suncoastspinners.com.au. The Suncoast Spinners programs are for people of all ages and abilities. They're looking for players, officials and volunteers to help with all of their programs. So make sure you check out the Suncoast Spinners on Facebook, Instagram or on their website again, www.suncoastspinners.com.au. With your house in 2018 before NDIS kicked in, what kind of modifications were to the house? Obviously, as you said, you cruised around on a skateboard, yep. you propelled yourself with your arms, but a standard house has a shower, yep. a taps, kitchen, mm -hmm. everything that's in a house is... Not easy, yeah, especially no, yeah. when you put yourself down on a skateboard. Oh, yeah, exactly. I mean, like when I'm on the skateboard, like I'm really low to the ground, like incredibly low. So it's interesting because it was through the Department of Housing. So when it was getting organized, the rule was that the first house you get offered, you've got three days to decide. 
And if you don't want it, you drop to the bottom of the list, which means that I could have waited another two or three years to get another opportunity to be able to get a house. So at this stage, the interesting part was I got a call about an offer and my mum was literally leaving her job and starting a new job. She was being like an assistant to her partner in like uh, Dynamic Closures, like a door company, and um, shout out to them. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and I told her, I was like, oh, I've just gotten an offer. So we were, for the next like two days, we were just so frazzled as to like what to do. And we checked it out and we were like, we can't pass on this. This is just, it's just great because, you know, it's just a great house, great area. And then they just said, look, what are the things you need? So they put in a um, two automatic sliding doors, one for in the for the garage and then another one for like the backyard. They put in or he ripped off all the kitchen like cabinet doors and so I could just easily grab whatever from there. We lowered the microwave so it's like underneath the oven. Usually it would be above it like in that house. So that because I usually use that with like, yeah, you know, U-foods and all that sort of stuff and, and whatever. The bathroom is probably where the biggest stuff all happened. So they added in a second sink that was lower to the ground for me and kept the other one as well for anyone else that wants to use it. They added in a, um, a second shower head and like handle and all that sort of stuff for me and left the other one up top as well with another handle if, if anyone else wanted to have a shower. And then they built a in-ground toilet, like an Asian in-ground toilet for me with a bidet that I could use because I said, if you can't add that in, I can't live here basically, because there's just there's no funding for me to be able to organize like at least 16 to 18 hours of support like in one day, like if I need to go to the bathroom at like 10.30 at night or something it, like that. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, I can't live here unless you get this in. And that was the biggest one and they managed to smash it. Yeah, they put like um, six of the windows were like automatic so I can control it with like remotes and stuff like that. So ever since that, it's been incredibly easy to get around. We've had a couple of other ones like they've, and obviously with the NDS coming in and different companies, we've been able to like get a bit more technology in the house. So like smart technology. So like I can control lights through my phone and windows through my phone. I've got an automatic front door now. So it's worked out pretty well. So yeah, it's almost like I'm Tony Stark or like Bruce Wayne <laughs> or something like that, you know. So yeah. You have everyone coming over your place like trying to do things, clapping and, oh, yeah. and touching your phone. and <laughs> Yeah. Well, the, fun- the funny thing was, I think two weeks in, is it two weeks in or about a month in, Shane, who, who's with me, is like he's also like our DJ on stage when we, when we play music and all that sort of stuff. So we were rehearsing for a gig and the other guy is a part of it, PJ. He was, he was there and we were rehearsing for a gig. We got locked out of my house in the backyard. <laughs> this was about a month in probably, I reckon, for me living in there. And it was about 11.30 at night and a lot of alcohol and um and stuff like that and we we're in the backyard those two wander out to have a cigarette and i'm like oh yeah i'll go out there as well so i wander out i just see that i'm supposed to i'm either supposed to lock the the sliding door so it won't actually close or take this little key because you can't open it from the other side so once it's shut it's, it's shut that's it so i didn't do any of that and i just wandered out turned around and i saw the door close like, oh yeah right here and then i just didn't even didn't even register at all. And then we're just sitting out there, we're having a chat, and I look at it and I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, right. Betty dropped. And yeah, yeah, it did. And then um, PJ's like, oh, man, I need, to, I need to go, like, into the house to get something. I'm like, ah, funny story. <laughs> you ain't going <laughs> we, nowhere. We can't get in. So for the next, like, hour, 
we're, we're trying to contact my mum who for the first time has put her phone on silent and in the kitchen and so I can't contact her and it's PJ's phone and it's got 8% battery and I don't know anyone else's number to be able to come. Joe, who was one of my other support workers, she actually had a key to my house but would meant that I had to like exit out of his Facebook to contact her and I was like, this, it was like Mission Impossible, yeah. you know, like in the end. <laughs> So we actually planned on actually breaking one of my windows in my house to get in, which PJ like tried with his arm, almost like broke it because the windows were like, I don't know, that thick or he just didn't really want to do it. Then he tried like a paint can and, and whatever else. And then he, he's like, oh, why don't, we, why don't we call the police? And I was like, what are they going to do? And, it's like, and he's like, oh, don't they have like a skeleton key? They can get into like everywhere. I'm like, that's Chief Wiggum. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you know, so, but we did, we called the police and yeah, basically they were like, oh, look, we're locked out of the house. We've got a disabled guy. We can't get back in. They sent a locksmith out and, and um, he opened the front door and PJ had to climb around to go in through that way. So, yeah, so that's probably like the, always the funniest story. Like, yeah, basically. Being locked in your own backyard. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Obviously we're, we've talked about power football. Yes. Um, you said power soccer, seeing as we live in Australia and that's what we go yeah, by. Yeah, power, yeah, power football. Power probably, football. Yeah. yeah. But you have also performed with Bliss and Esso at River Stage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll, I'll never, I'll, even if I have dementia, I'll still remember that gig. That was, that was amazing. Yeah, that that gig. I'll never, yeah, I'll never ever forget that. Yeah, we got twenty minutes to open up for them at the River Stage, uh, part of a competition that they ran. Which I think more, um, more big artists should do that. I think it's a really good thing for for young artists to actually get a chance to play in front of bigger crowds and bigger fan bases and stuff like that to get their music out there. So I thought it was an amazing thing. And obviously I'm not from Brisbane, but we entered the Brisbane one and yeah, won it. it came down to like public voting. So just having to get so many people to vote for you was real tricky and yeah, managed to get it. And yeah, we had 20 minutes and to this day, in my opinion, it's the best 20 minute set we've ever done or the best set. Like we rehearsed this thing to to death like we knew every inch of our set you know so well and it was the best set we've ever done usually like we're we're pretty professional but sometimes like oh it's pretty good but this one we were like no we've got to we've got to nail this one like big time so what was the level of hype where was that oh it's priceless yeah like because it was crazy because like i've never been to a gig where people or been i've never really played at a gig where people just flock to the front of the stage as fast as possible and we were, and obviously not a lot of people knew that who we were, like like most of them who were doing this sort of thing. So when we come out, it, it's it's like, okay, how what's the perception of this going to be like? And PJ being my backup MC along with like hype man on stage is his it's his job to try and like get the crowd hyped up and energized and all that sort of stuff. And obviously if we do parts where it's like, hey, jump or this sort of stuff, it's like, well, you gotta do it because I ain't doing it. Yeah. So, you know, so when he was doing all that sort of stuff, it, it worked out well and, and the crowd just responded so well. So, and everyone's putting their hands up. People are saying, like, yelling things back to us, like when we do call and answers and all that sort of stuff, like on stage. So it was just, it, it was the quickest but also longest 20 minutes of my life. Like, uh, it, it's, yeah, it's, it's hard to describe, like, yeah, a moment like that, really. And, um, and to see them, Bliss and Esso, do their thing, like, on stage, like the professionalism, the just the showmanship that those guys have on stage was just awesome to just sit back and watch. Like I've seen them before, before that, but that was just, yeah, that was just amazing to just sit there and re- up close and see it all. Yeah. So, yeah, 
We're going to segue now. We are going to segue. And segue. We, we don't have the… We need some segue music. We need some… Oh, segue. yeah. Like a… Hey, I got an idea. We may have somebody that can help us with some music. You could just be like a… Segue. Yeah. <laughs> save that. Save that. That's save a, it. Yeah. Now, I might just throw it there. We need a name for these cards. We right. do not have a name for them. Obviously, it's a take a seat project. Right. And we say to SAP or when we shorten it, T-T-A-S-P. Right. Sounds similar to, if you actually Google it, I don't know why I Googled it, but I did, and I come up with a wasp. It's got a sting to it. These cards actually hurt. They're, they're hard. Right, okay. They're hard hitting. Cool. Until we come up with a name, can you think of anything that's, you know, these are questions from the internet and our viewers and everyone can put uh, questions in here. They're, yeah. they're hot. Let's, the, um, the hard cards. They're the hard let's, cards. Let's pull three and then and then see if that sparks anything for you. Cool. Right, yeah. So you can call out what, what, what cards you'd like. I'm going to find out here and I'll pass them over to Cam and Cam will read them out. Oh, so question. they've all got something underneath. They got they've, something. All got they've, something all got, they've all got So you just tell us what card to, and well, I was a big fan of Marshall, so let's go with a six. If there's a six there, six of s- diamonds, red. Now, let's go with uh, Queen of Spades, is it, or is that a club? Um, um, this one, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, we'll go clubs. with that one, yeah, yeah, Queen of Clubs. I always get the spades and the clubs mixed up. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we'll go uh, with. What about the Jack of Diamonds? I think is it. Is yeah, next, right in the ten? middle, right in the middle there. Yeah. yeah. Hope it's uh, right. hope it's not too hard of a question. Oh, we'll see. If it's mathematical shit, then we're no. done. Like, <laughs> uh, or ge- geographical stuff or whatever. Like, then I'm, I'm, what's, what's I'm out. Quadratic equation. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. So I'll I'll read all three for you. Okay. You don't have to answer any of them. Right. You can answer all three of them. You cool. can answer one of them. That's up to you. We I will hope, read them all out. I hope they're as weird as hell. Oh, they're up there. They're up there. They're difficult. All righty. Question one. Name one harshest comment you've ever received. Question two. Name one thing you've given up for different or difficult reasons. And the third one, I'm going to actually turn it upside down. What drives you every day? My wheelchair. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that was just, just what popped into my mind as soon as you finished it. Uh, uh, what drives me uh, every day? Uh, I'll come back to that one. Harshest comment. I had a I had a conversation with some girl in my high school that was asking me basically how I go to the bathroom, but like how I like go the number two basically and all that sort of stuff. And I was like, just like you. And she just couldn't get the concept for some reason. I, I was quite annoyed at that. I was like, it's just like you. It's no different. But that's really like the only sort of thing I can sort of think of. Oh, actually, no. Recently, I had a kid come up to me and he just looked at me and goes, what happened here? Uh, as he just looked at me and I just said, oh, I got run over by a car, um, which wasn't the truth. And uh, he's like, oh, sweet as. And I'm like, yeah, it hurt. And he's like, cool. And he just walked away. And that was that was the end of that conversation. <laughs> there you go. And it is comments and questions and that type of mentality that, Really changes everything. Yeah, and that's what we're trying to get away from. Is you're I, Nathan? Yeah, I had, I had, I think he had like some like intellectual disability. I don't know what it was, but yeah, because he he was 
Yeah, I don't know, but he he was keen. He was keen to know, but I was like, all right. I mean, but that's, um, like, sorry, sorry to And then I had um I had another girl come up to me a few years ago. I was in Kmart, and she just saw me, and she goes like, oh, like what what's what's wrong with you? And I and I just thought, you know what, screw it. I don't really want to explain to you what what it is, like, because you're just not going to get it. So I was like, I come from another planet, and um, <laughs> and she's like, oh, really? And I was like, yeah. I'm like, this is my spaceship. Like, I'm here getting repairs in Kmart. Like, you know, and, so, so, and I was in like the knife and fork section and all that sort of stuff. And um, and yeah, an alfoil. But the funny thing was, the the uh, the older daughter knew I was like just bullshitting, and and she and she went along with it. She's like, oh yeah, no, he does. Like, you know, that sort of stuff. She, and you could just see the wonder in this little girl's eyes. Like, oh wow. And so she left, like, just obviously to therapy, like a few years later. Um, but um, but yeah, like. She she just left in like wonder of like which I which I kind of felt uh, it kind of felt nice actually to to not explain what it was and and because I think that's also the other thing is like if you for young kids to kind of learn it can be complicated as well like if you're like oh well it's because of this like gene and these nerves don't fire with this muscle and kids sometimes are like yeah I'm out like I'm not that's listening it, to that yeah. anymore so I thought if I at least can just make it fun in some way you know or whatever interesting that takes away from it. And breaks the ice and like, oh, where? and it, and you just flip their whole mind on it. It's, yeah. So that was kind of cool. Yeah. The next mm. person that that young girl sees in a wheelchair, she's going to go up and say, <laughs> what planet did you come from? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know that guy's got all those like blue and purple tattoos like on his arms? Uh, what was the other ones? Um, the other ones. Name one thing you've given up for difficult reasons. Specifically re- relating to your disability and and the fact that if there was something that you wanted to do but couldn't because either that you yourself couldn't physically do it or there was something that had it, that, it had to be worked around so that you could do it and you and you just thought no no bugger it I'm there, not doing it there was there was one moment but I it's it's at the moment it's been a blessing not sure what it'll be like down the track but I was in talks to get like rods put in my back to straighten my back basically at a really young age, like um, before I was even 12. And my mum was just not for it like at all. She was like, no, we're, I'm just not keen. Because at that time, like I could swim, I could skateboard, I could jump around on trampolines, not like standing, but just like sitting and all that sort of stuff, crawl around, which I can still do to this day. And she was just not for it at all because she was afraid if I did that, I might just be then stuck in the chair and not be able to move at mm. all. So that's probably the like one of the biggest moments where we've gone, yeah, let's just not do that. But it could be bad down the track maybe. I don't know. Yeah, we'll just have to pass that bridge when we get to it really. But yeah. One of the things that even today, so to give some context, it is bucketing down here on the sunny coast. Like we've had floods, we've had... Basically, Mother Earth has just given it to us. Yeah. And in a 20-minute period this morning, the heavens literally opened up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Thor Thor was not happy. Yeah. Not at all. And there was so much water all day. MC Wilson and I have been texting or conversing back and forth. Oh, maybe we have to reschedule. We can't do it today. We can't do this. We can't do that because the Earth has just been giving it to us. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And, and that that has a lot to do with, as you said, your, your van. Yeah, well, I, I was reading that it was going to be like, well, when I was looking at it this morning, like, man, it was so windy at my place. And I got a big high ace van. I was like, man, if the wind picks up, we're going. Like, you know, 
we're, we're the magic school bus. Like, you know, like, <laughs> um, and I was like, I just don't know if I really want to risk that. And then about midday, it kind of started to turn a little bit and get a bit better. And then, yeah. And then I was like, no, nah, it looks pretty good. I think we can risk it. So no idea what it's like out there. The whole city could just be blown away now. I, but I think I just heard that, that felt the rumble. I did I hear a little bit yeah, of thunder yeah. before, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think it should be all right to get back, hopefully. If not, I don't know. We might be staying here tonight. So <laughs> plenty of foyer space. Mate. Yeah, 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 we're, yeah. We're set up. In yeah. Here. yeah. Another one, though, like it's a slightly different question. Has there been any stages or anything that you haven't been able to get to or use, especially in your wrapping? Uh, live and that that you've gone that's just too difficult we got we're like yeah there's sometimes like people book me uh, have booked us for like a gig or asked us to be a part of an event or a gig or and for some reason they didn't realize I was in a wheelchair so they've got no access for me to get on the stage mm-hmm. so we're like well you know take a bit more consideration to the people that you actually want to be a part of the event and then you can actually go like oh, okay that's not going to work we'll go with someone different because if you don't have the funds to get a wheelchair in or where you're doing it doesn't actually I'm not a wheelchair in, a ramp in so that's that's something that's been a little bit annoying but i think also just like it there's just other other little things like i couldn't go to my cousin's wedding cuz it just started pissing down rain crazy out like in I don't even know where the hell this thing was, out in the bush somewhere. It was just so heavily raining that, like, even the van would struggle to get out of there. But even if it did, my wheelchair just would have struggled to get around. So, like, all that sort of, all you know, all that sort of stuff can be a little bit, like, annoying sometimes to be like, yeah, okay, I can't do that now because of – and it brings you back to, like, oh, that's right, I'm in a wheelchair. I can't really go and do that sort of thing. But then, you know, you, you just sort of think about it for the best, you know, that, that it's like, well, that could have been actually, like, bad – for you, for for what you've got, that that can be a little bit annoying for sure. Uh, MC Wheels, it's been unbelievable. I think there's going to be some serious gold in there, especially that little wrap and uh, oh, the, bringing in the cards. The segue, and, yeah, yeah, the segue. Yeah. Did you think of a name for these cards yet, or? Oh, I thought of like hard cards, um, but yeah, that was the only name I could sort of think of, like off the top of my head. Yeah. Um, well, we'll yeah. definitely steal that. We're gonna we're gonna. Stake that Segway music. That was that was fire. Yeah, absolutely. I just really appreciate you guys allowing me to be a part of it um, and, and coming on and sharing my story. And yeah, it's, it's been an absolute, absolute joy. Before we do head off, how can people find you? Uh, you can find me on pretty much all social media platforms. So MC Wheels. Obviously, if you type in uh, mcwheels.com, uh, you should come across my website. That has all my links. MC Wheels 94 on Instagram, MC Wheels just on Facebook. Um, and then obviously, if you type in MC Wheels on Spotify, it comes up with all my music stuff. So thanks, guys. Thanks for having me um, on, on the show. And uh, yeah, I think it's wonderful what you're doing. So yeah, good luck with it. Thanks for listening to this episode. We appreciate you rating and reviewing the podcast, but most importantly, sharing it with people you think it will impact the most. Before we go, again, a massive thanks to our sponsor, the Sunco Spinners. The Sunco Spinners are a social wheelchair-based sporting club. They operate multiple programs for people of all ages and abilities in basketball, rugby, and more. Follow the Sunco Spinners on Facebook, Instagram, and find out more about them at sunkospinners.com.au. 